0: talk about UFC Vegas 34 happened last weekend. Let's go through all the terrible bets I made and they were terrible. I mean, wow. Betting wise, UFC Vegas 34 was bad even for me. Even for me, someone who prides themselves on terrible bets. It was it was pretty poor. Uh, so anyway, if you're new to this show, welcome. If you're a returning viewer, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. And uh, yeah, so basically in a nutshell, what I'm going to do is spend about 15 minutes or so just running through the results, breaking down a couple of the fights from last week and uh, then I'll be looking at some worthy events from the news and finishing off with Troll of the Week because I love having a look at uh, random MMA memes that just make me laugh because uh, they are for- memes are just such a great form of comedy might be my, f- my favourite form of comedy right now but uh, either way Let's get into those fights that happened at the weekend. I did uh, do a public service announcement telling people to go back and watch the first fight that I'm going to get into, which was Vince Biegel versus Austin Hubbard at 155. Now that was a wow! What an incredible fight, barn burner alert! Boom! It was it, it was it was really good. If you haven't watched that fight yet, before I spoil the result, pause this, go back and watch it because I think I mean if you've got UFC Fight Pass, like you've it's there ready to watch. But yeah, it's it's. Really, very good. Really strong performance from P. Shell. Strong being the operative word, actually. Because it became apparent that he's been doing strength and conditioning for the first time in his career. And he's 38 for fuck's sake. That is too late to be getting in strength and conditioning. I'm just kidding, Vince. Clearly not. Because it looked... it seemed to work because he looked strong he looked strong he was able to avoid the wrestling for the most part and he got a really nice reversal when it did go down to the ground uh it was a crazy third round the third round just woo they really just tore into each other and it was and i'll be I, i haven't actually looked at um which fights, wh- what the post-fight bonuses and everything like that were, but I'd be shocked if this one wasn't fight of the night. I, I hope it was. But uh, what's next for shell um, I don't know. Let's have a quick look at the rankings. In terms of rankings, it, it, I mean, shell's still uh, sitting down there in the, th- well, mid-20s uh, of Vince Shell. Looking at his picture on the rankings. He looks so much like Sean Strickland. It's not even funny. Um, he, I'm glad he grew out the, that moustache because then we can tell him apart. But... Yeah, looking at the rankings, I mean, interesting fights. You've got Alexander Hernandez, but he's booked up against Leonard Santos. Uh, Drew Dober, he he needs a he needs a match He's coming off two losses. Uh, one that is intriguing there, sitting at rank twenty, Rafael Fiziev. But I, I feel like Fiziev is probably going to be going further up the rankings rather than looking back. So um, you're looking at maybe Scott Scott Holtzman, uh, Renato Caniero. Uh, Renato Caniero is probably a good a good fit. Yeah, uh, yeah, he just beat Jai Herbert. So yeah, yeah, match those two up, and uh, yeah. So anyway, like I said, go back and watch that fight. It was entertaining. Bet rating terrible uh, because I went for P Shell by KO. So I got the right fighter, but and he nearly KO'd him a couple of times. So you know what? I'm gonna rate that bet as medium terrible because it was you know I at least got the right guy, and. Uh, Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman, uh, 265 pounds. So this one got sloppy very, very quickly, very quickly. Good lord, uh, Sherman. He looks he looked really good until he threw that really lazy kick, like in the uh, in the first round. Uh, up until that point, he was actually looking he was looking pretty tidy. He was he was kind of getting the better of of all the stand up. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it, he that's that kick he ended up on his back and then Porter just like put his weight on him. And after that, Sherman wasn't the same. He was gasping between rounds, between rounds 1 and 2. For God's sake, man, sort out your cardio. What is the matter with you? Both of them looked gassed in the second round. You have to be able to at least get to the third round before you start looking like you're going to collapse under your own weight. That's terrible. Like, awful. Both men. I mean, let's be fair. They were putting on a pace. They were trying to put on a pace anyway. And, yeah, it just, yeah, I couldn't... I just didn't think it was a good look. Both of them looked tired. Both of them were exhausted, but it turns out Porter fights better than Sherman exhausted. Uh, Not by too much, but by enough to uh, edge the fight. So, obviously, I had... um, Credit to, credit to Porter, he, he had a great chin, his poker face for his leg, because his leg was toast as well. But both men, I don't think either of their stock exactly rose, do you know what I mean? I, I really don't think either of them looked great. So Sherman needs to work on his cardio, probably in a different organisation, if I'm totally honest. And um, yeah, who should Porter fight next? Let's have a quick gander at the rankings. I mean, like, heavyweight is not strong, is it? But, uh, yeah, Porter, I don't know. Vandera, probably, he's he's matched up against Alexander Romanov, though. Uh, Nascimento, he needs a fight, to be fair. Greg Hardy! Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy coming off for loss to Greg Hardy seems to have been thrown to a lot of high caliber guys lately. So maybe uh, a Parker-Porter matchup would be just what the doctor ordered for both guys really, because obviously Porter gets a win there. He moves on and uh, Greg Hardy, if he wins there, he's back in the win column. So uh, then we had Clay Guida against Mark Madsen, 155 pounds. Oh, sorry, Um, bet rating on Sherman versus Porter terrible absolutely terrible do not bet on sherman ever again good god look he's not a bad fighter but he's not reliable enough to put money on sorry vanilla gorilla but yeah uh bet rating so Clay Guida, Mark Madsen, 155 pounds. This one didn't go as I expected if I'm totally honest. It played out largely standing, albeit standing and in the clinch. Uh, Madsen's clinch is very strong, very strong. But Clay is hard to hold on to. But he still spent too much time uh, getting hit uh, in the clinch. Uh, Split decision. It was really close, but it was fair. Madsen was going forward slightly more. And I think he was just a touch more active. Just enough. It wasn't a marquee performance by any means. So, you know, Guida ain't getting cut off the back of that. He's got fights left. Uh, He's a name big enough that the UFC will keep him around. Uh, Madsen called out Gregor Gillespie. That's a decent call out, but I don't think he gets Gregor Gillespie because, uh, let's be fair, I mean, Gillespie's probably higher stock than than Madsen. I don't think Madsen did enough with that performance to start calling out guys that are on the cusp of the top 10. I mean, Gillespie's sitting there at number 11. And yeah, so, I mean, maybe Brad Riddle. Brad Riddle's like 14. Uh, I don't know where Madsen even sits in the rankings, if I'm totally honest. Mark Madsen sits sits at 29 in the rankings. So yeah, he's got... maybe match him up with Vince Pichel. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Vince Pichelle versus Mark Madsen. Match those two up, and then we'll see who moves closer to the top 15. Perfect. Boom. Make it happen. So then we had the main event, which was Jared Cannonier versus Kelvin Gastelum. And I can't believe that Kelvin Gastelum is only 29. Fuck me. He actually, he's got a lot of, uh, you know, he's still got time left. And he needs it because, bless him, he keeps losing. I do apologise. I keep forgetting to do my bet rating. Bet rating on Madsen versus Guida: terrible, but medium terrible because I just I bet on the submission, which was reaching clearly. But uh, yeah, I got the right fighter at least. There you go. As I say, Cannonier versus Gaslam. Look, Kananiere was blocking with his traps at one point. That dude is a unit. He just his head movement was actually very good. He was he was deflecting the punches enough. Uh, Kelvin was active, but the the power advantage was very clear to Cannoneer. His kicks were really heavy. Uh, Kelvin had the speed, which was really apparent in round two. But Cannoneer, he he just kept on landing that one big shot, which kept on changing each round and. Yeah, you know, the, the uppercut that caught him, there was a right hook in the third round that I don't know how Kelvin Gaston got, got up from. And Cannonier he just looked composed. He looked calm throughout. And, um, yeah, I'm not sure about the corner advice. I had Gastelum down on the cards, and his corner was adamant that Cannonier was going to come out like a banshee because he was down on scorecards. And I don't think that's true at all. Uh, well, I didn't think it at the time, and it turns out that it wasn't, you know? Um... Uh, I don't know about... It. I wonder. I haven't looked at the injury reports yet, but I thought Cannoneer possibly threw his shoulder out in the fourth round because he threw real hard but missed heavy, and he winced really hard as he was pulling that shoulder. He was shaking out quite a lot, so I'd be interested to see uh, the medical um, suspensions, things like that. Uh, Gaston went 0-5 on takedowns in rounds 1-4 to 4 and uh, going to the fifth. You have to credit Cannoneer with those as well, so the decision was completely correct. Hashtag terrible, uh, I don't think a lot of people, to be fair, my bet was terrible, but I don't think too many people saw that one going five rounds and Canoneer being on the winning end of it if it went to a decision, if that makes sense. So I'm going to say that's medium terrible because I got the right fighter, but wrong method. Uh, next for Cannoneer, surely it's the winner of Costa and Vittori, and then Gastelum should maybe get the loser of that one. Uh, he needs to get a win. I I love Kelvin Gastelum and the strength of his schedule is the only reason he hasn't been cut already because let's be fair, look at the people that he's been losing to. They're killers. He doesn't fight anyone except killers. But the problem is he does need to find a win sooner or later. But yeah. So anyway, we'll move on to the news. But before I do that, I just want to ask you a real quick favor. All I'm asking is that you share this. If you like this content, please just share it. Like and share. Give me a subscribe on YouTube. Uh, it really helps me out a lot. If you want to show some support on Patreon, feel free to do so. There are early access to episodes, and we have a lot of fun over there. But you're by no means obligated. And uh, I'll do, yeah, just ask You know, even, j- even just word of mouth. If you listen to this podcast, just just literally just if you have a friend that's into MMA and you think they'll get a kick out of the show. Just please, just let them know. Just you know, they listen to it. What have they lost? If they enjoy it, they keep listening to it. If they don't, they don't. It's all fine. It's all gravy. Also. Guess who's getting back into stand-up this weekend? So I mean, I don't really need to plug the date because I think it's actually sold out. I mean, I say sold out. It's a free show, but you have to book in advance. But a friend of mine tried to book a table yesterday, and uh, there are no tables left to book. So happy days. But I'm going to be in Peterborough uh, the Chalkboard uh, on Friday. I'm going to be there about half past seven. I don't know what time I'm on, but there's going to there's some really fantastic acts there. And uh, if you're already booked in and coming, I will see you there. Really looking forward to seeing if I can remember how to do stand-up. It's gonna be hella interesting. So yeah, on with the news. So we've got Misha Tate and uh, apparently spent 98% of her fight purse from her comeback. Okay, so there are a lot of knee-jerk reactions to this I've seen online, most of which are kind of calling Dana White the devil because he doesn't pay his fighters, blah 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 blah. Okay, no one ever... Uh, anyone that comments like that, I just find they don't look at the actual numbers, and the problem with articles like this is that, now I don't have all of the numbers, right, but I want to know where the seventy percent tax off the top comes from. Now I don't know. She may have just worded it poorly, which I'll get into like in a little bit. But basically, we may not have all of the facts here. Like, you, know, you need to know like what she's been she's been spending money on, and know only she knows that. Do you know? What I mean, we don't have access to that information, so we have to take her at her word. But the three things we do know are that Misha Tate earned two hundred thousand plus a bonus fifty k, so it's two hundred fifty thousand altogether. The fight took place in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nevada, that's important, right? The tax bracket for 250 th- 250,000 in Nevada is 24%, not 70% as the article kind of said in the in the headline. It's on bloody elbow, you can see it. The headline's quite sensational which says, you know, 70% tax. It's like, no, no, that's not accurate. That can't be accurate because the tax bracket for 250,000 in Nevada is 24%. So when I see that one of the main things that they're using for their headlines is completely, is, is inaccurate to the tune of like 40 odd percent, 40, 50 percent, it's like, well, what, how much of else of the article is complete bollocks? Do you know what I mean? So you start, you just start wondering that how how much of this is actual fact is actually factual. Now I'm not saying that she hasn't spent too much on her camp, etc. You know I can't I can't attest either way to to fighter payers. Again, as I've said this before, and I'll say it again, but we just don't know enough. We don't have all the facts. We don't have all the figures. But if they're being so, Joey, it's, it... now the thing is, is that the other part of it is maybe she just worded it poorly because if you read the article, she says uh, that you know. After taxes that 's seventy percent off the top, so is she meaning that actually taxes and her trainers it 's seventy percent of her purse and if that 's the case it 's kind of like well forty six percent of that seventy is like to her trainers and her and her manager now I always thought i don 't know this for a fact, but I always thought you know most of the managers were on ten percent I thought most of the coaches were on ten percent. I thought that was a fairer um, a percentage than each of them being on 24%, presuming it's split down the middle. Because 46% of your of your purse to your manager and your trainer, kinda, that seems like a lot, that seems excessive. And it kinda seems like that's a budgeting problem, not a UFC pay problem. That seems like it's a budgeting problem because if 46% of your pay is going straight back out on just your coaches and your trainer, I mean, I know that they, they might be bloody good trainers, but I feel like, I mean, I don't know for sure. If you're a fighter, please let me know in the comments. So I'd be interested to know. How much do you pay your management? How much do you pay your, um, your coaches? Because I feel like 46% on your manager and your coaches is too much of your pay. It's too much of your earnings. You need to try and trim that down if possible. So then she talks about, you know, the rest of it, she's buying organic food and all that. And it's just like, yeah, look, that's the boat we're all in do you know what i mean like why are people so outraged about that if me or you want to eat healthy we have to buy the organic foods and things that we that we, we want to try and stay healthy right that's not a problem exclusive to fighters do you know what i mean most people she earns in a night what most people earn in two to three years right so you'll you'll pardon me if i'm not playing the world's smallest violin just yet do you know what I mean? Not to sound callous, but when you start, when they start throwing that out there, oh no, I have to buy food. It's like, yeah, so does everybody else. Oh then no, I get taxed. It's like, yeah, everyone else gets taxed as well. Do you know what I mean? But most people are not earning what you're earning. Do you know what I mean? And let's be fair, you're doing something that you have a passion for, for a living. That is the dream. That's the goal, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If you're doing, if you're, If your passion is fighting and training and you get to do that for a living and get paid for that, isn't that the goal? You're not even like, do something that you enjoy and you'll never work a day in your life. You know what I mean? You're in a very privileged position there. So when I see these people that are in that privileged position, albeit they've earned their position. I'm not saying they haven't. They have worked so hard and and it's a tough industry to get to, to get to the top of. It really is. That's why most people will never make it because it takes an unbelievable amount of hard work. However, it is still a privileged position. And when I see people in that privileged position kind of throwing their toys out the pram and complaining when... You know there's a lot of people out there that are actually kind of listening to it. It's like, well, you know, how can you not f- put some money aside when you earn in a night what I do in two to three years? Do you see what I mean? That's where it kind of you start thinking, okay, how do these people? How do these people budget? These people might need some help. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not being funny, but if regular people can get by on much less, it's kind of like. What are you spending money on, right? Because then she talks about heart rate monitors and things like that to make sure our camp goes well, right? What fucking heart rate monitors is she buying? What, disposable ones? What, what single-use heart rate monitors? That is a fucking money pit, Misha. Stop buying single-use heart rate monitors for fuck's sake. I've had this one for fucking years. Two years I've had this. It works fine. Stop throwing them away! That's just a ridiculous waste! Anyway, like I said, budgeting problem, not a USC problem. And Sean is not happy with his pay now. Well, fucking hell, shut. just fight out your contract, win, and then renegotiate. I, again, it's another thing where I'm just like, for fuck's sake, dude, you signed the multi fight deal. You were happy with the amount you were getting paid and the amount of fights you had on that deal when you signed that contract. Stop bitching about it now after the fact because things went well for you. If things hadn't gone well for you, you still got those fights to prove yourself. But look, at the end of the day, just fight out your contract, win, join. Show how many eyes you bring into the sport and then you will get the better deal for fuck's sake. Jesus Christ again i'm so tired of seeing people fucking moaning about it it's like look at the end of the day he does bring in eyes of course he brings in eyes right and i kind of like his point about not fighting ranked guys until he's on more money that's actually a fair point i kind of like that like the, the he's putting value on himself and i really like that about him but you signed the contract For the amount of fights that you were happy to sign for, for the amount of money you were happy with at the time. So finish out that contract, renegotiate a better one. Simple. Job done. Make sure you win though. Make sure you win. Spectacular fashion. You're fine. And he's more than capable of doing that. So he's fine. Look, he's fine. Trishon Trishon Gore is out of the tough final. I'm a bit gutted by that, actually. If you've been watching The uh, Ultimate Fighter, uh, I got caught up at the weekend. uh, Trishon Gore, he he got into the final by getting a really nice KO in the semi. Um, Yeah, he knocked the guy flat, and he's a really great talent, one of the best talents on there. But unfortunately, he's out of the final. I mean, he is a talent, though, as I said. He'll be given a contract, and he'll likely do very well. And I look forward to seeing him when he gets healthy, because this guy, he's got talent. He's really, really good. Uh, middleweight, I think he was in the middleweights. But yeah, yeah, big guy. By that, another fight that is off is Gustafsson versus Paul Krieg. Uh, yeah, good for that because it was a really good opportunity for our Paul Krieg. And um, yeah, you know, it was. A t- I thought it was a tough prospect for Gus. Honestly, he's lost a couple of his last fights by submission. But you know. And the problem is with Gustafsson. He's said many times that his heart isn't in it anymore. And I find that's dangerous for a fighter. I feel like that's going to end horribly. It's going to end in heartbreak, isn't it? I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to end with him getting hurt. And, uh, yeah, this was a viewer topic sent in by Josh Watkins. Shout out, Josh, one of my, bi- my one of my biggest supporters on Patreon. So thank you very much. I uh, appreciate you, buddy. And... Yeah, so he he basically said that the, the whole Connor situation, it makes him think of an intriguing, intriguing topic. Whose legacy is the most tarnished, okay? So, Connor for his snow and whiskey field rants, Askin for his UFC days, uh, Ronda and her downfall at the end of career, and Jones and his out-of-the-cage issues. If I'm totally honest, I do think it's Connor. I don't know, because the thing is, right, is Jones, he's still... Like, arguably, like, unbeaten. Do you know what I mean? His his record still speaks for itself. Ronda Rousey still defended her belt, what, like six times? I don't know. I don't know how many defences she had, but multiple title defences, like, was a pioneer of women's sport, of women's MMA. And the, women's MMA would not be where it is without Ronda Rousey. And that's a fact, and you can never take that away from her. Ben Askren... You know, and the things that he did in ONE FC and you know at the end of the day like he we all we all knew what he was he was a wrestler um, and yeah he got he got sparked out and then you know beaten by uh, Damian Meyer. and you know what he, at the end of the day he wasn't at, he wasn't in his prime when he came to the UFC so I don't think he loses a lot there either. But wow, Conor McGregor has one win since 2016. And that win was against a man who is 0-5 since 2016 or something stupid like that. And And the fact that he's losing every single fight and... He's sending out these ridiculous tweets and making himself look like a fucking asshole. Actually, there are a lot of people that used to be fans of Connor that are like, I cannot watch this anymore. I cannot look at what he's doing. And he's just fucking so horrible. But yeah, so in answer to your question, I think it is 100% Connor. <laughs> And you know what? I'm enjoying watching it because I don't. It's fucking entertaining, at least. Holy shit! But yeah. So troll of the week. So this one, we have got uh, basically it's uh, it's the France Sugano dropping the hammer fist on uh, Stepe, but. Basically, yeah, it's me. <laughs> it's me. Svatsuganu uh, is my alarm clock, and Steve is me sleeping peacefully, and it's just like, yeah, it's about to be a rude awakening. Uh, yeah, no, solid. Very solid. It's been a bit slim pickings this week, to be fair. Uh, Connor versus Random Old Man. Someone's done a hilarious... This is quite good, actually. A tale of the Tape uh, for um, Connor McGregor versus Random Old Drunk Man. And it's just like, yeah, it's fucking... Because... Obviously, Connor likes to go in to bars and slap up old men. Fair enough. But um, yeah, and then the last one is my personal favourite because it's a classic Chael Sonnen one. It's not a new one, but it is hilarious. But uh, when he was kind of going back and forth with Wanderlei Silva, Chael Sonnen once sat there and tweeted out, it's like, Wanderlei Silva is the only fighter with a cauliflower face. (laughs) And that's coming from the American gangster, Chael P. Sonnen. The P stands for icon. Uh, Yeah, fucking love Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen is Fucking hilarious. And uh, yeah, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure as always. Uh, if you enjoy, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. The picks are gonna be early for my Patreon, even earlier than normal for my Patreon this week. So I'm gonna be doing them on the Thursday because obviously I've got stand-up on the Friday. So uh, it'll be as normal on the Saturday for my YouTube channel, all the picks will go live. But Patreon, real treat for you. You're getting the picks another day early. So yeah, enjoy those. Until then, uh, because it's a real big fight week this week, just FYI. It's uh, Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikante. That is a fight! Hell yeah! Anyway, keep those odds long and those bets terrible. I'll see you next time.